Welcome to the podcast. I am Shane Barker, your host of Shane Barker's Marketing Madness Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and today we're going to discuss content marketing strategies. My guest, Julia McCoy, is the founder and CEO of Express Writers, which is a content writing agency which has served more than 5,000 clients. She's also the author of two bestsellers, So You Think You Can Write, and Practical Content Strategy and Marketing. She also serves as the educator at contentstrategiescourses.com. I always kind of start the podcast off with just kind of some general questions of like where you grew up and that kind of stuff, just so we can get an idea of, we know who you are today, like, because every, you're starting like a new business every week, every time I look at your profile or something. So we'll talk about that. We'll jump into that on, on how you're a little bit of a crazy entrepreneur like me. So I, I like I said, I love that. Oh, cool. I can't even keep up with you, but um, <laughs> let's talk about where you grew up. Like, where did you grow up? Not obviously not in Austin, right? You grew up some another place. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I grew up on the East coast. So right outside um, Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, I grew up in Monongahela, right by the Monongahela river, kind of like right outside Amish country in Pennsylvania. Awesome. So how long were you there for? So I was there my whole life until age 21, whenever I just left and went to Missouri. And that's where I spent several years, like the first three years, four years of building my business were spent in Missouri. And then from there, I went to Austin. We kind of like road tripped around. We're like, where do we want to live and settle? And we loved Austin. So I'm like, okay, I can work from anywhere. I'm going to pick this city. So that is where I am currently. And I don't know if I'll ever leave Austin. Like, yeah, Austin, I just went there. I had so much fun. I almost went and got an Austin tattoo on my neck. I mean, that's how much fun it, yeah. That's a lot. Oh, you have fun, yeah. There's other parts of my body I could have got a tattoo. <laughs> Why not my neck? Because then people can see it on the dedication to Austin. So uh, my funny. wife's satisfaction, I didn't get it. So we're good. We're oh, still good. Maybe next time, you never know. You never know, especially when you have as much fun as I did. And with the cool people that I met out there, nothing but a good time for sure. Yeah, Austin's great. Well, cool. So how big was your family? So I grew up, uh, well, it was just me and my sister for 18 years. And then my parents decided to have two more kids. So 18 years apart. Yeah. And I was often the older sister slash babysitter. So that was my relationship with my little siblings. Gotcha. So you, you loved him, but secretly, maybe not hated him, but you're like, oh, I got to watch him again. Like I could have been free tonight if I didn't have little Johnny in my life. But right. Probably, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get to about 18 years. It's interesting. After 18 years said, hey, let's, let's do it again. Yeah. Well, I guess a little bit of backstory. I didn't want to unleash too much on your podcast here, but I'm writing a book about this side of my life. And I actually grew up in a cult that I escaped at age 21. You might already know this. I do Did not you? know this. You Did guys- it? I okay. I have goosebumps. Like literally, I would, and, and I wasn't trying to pull this out of you. I literally was just like, "Oh, cool. Kind of tell me about it." You're like, "Oh, it's on the outside of Austin." Like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, I was like, "Still go get her book, please, people. Still buy the book, but give us so God. This is juicy already. Like, I don't even know. I don't even need coffee at this. Point. Okay, so give. This is why I call it the Marketing Madness Podcast because if this was content that converts, wouldn't be as as applicable. Uh, Marketing yes. madness, madness potentially in the middle. So tell me about this twenty one and you escape. Good lord. Yeah, well, it was, so that was all I knew growing up. It was my norm, was living in this cult with just extreme rules. I never wore pants. And (laughs) I've been corrected on that statement. People say, maybe you should say you only wore dresses instead of you never wore pants, because it sounds like you're going pantsless. So, correction, I only wore dresses. (laughs) There we go. There we go. You weren't allowed to wear pants. Yes. Yes. Both were were highly destroyed. Yeah. Do not do that. Okay. Got it. Yes. But it was also, there was definitely a lot of abuse going on. And, you know, to me, that was normal. I thought that's 
pretty much how every kid lived. Yeah, you didn't know anything different. Yeah, exactly. But at 21, <laughs> I had a lot of red flags. And by then I was kind of getting the consciousness of an adult so I could start thinking for myself a little bit more than when I was a kid. And my way out of the cult was actually starting my business. I started it while I was inside of that and it gave me the financial means I needed to get out. So I knew I couldn't tell my dad he would probably have like locked us up because by then my sister and I, my older sister and I escaped together. We were getting locked up in our rooms. So I'm like, okay, we have to escape and we probably can't tell him. We have to make this happen secretly. So we did. We left in the middle of the night when I was 21 in 2012. And I was able to even have a car that I paid for in cash because of my business. So that gave me a way out. And since then, that avenue that gave me a way out has also become my career, what I love doing today. So it's pretty amazing how that all worked out. So literally suppressed this kind of stuff up until 21. And that's probably why you start a business every two hours because you're this creativity that was pent up for you in 21 years. Now you're like, yeah. I can just, like the world is your oyster and you have absolutely taken advantage of that. Yes, yeah, so true. It's funny, I look at the questions and it, it is very leading. You would think that I knew that's like where we were going with this, but absolutely <laughs> clueless. Like I, like I was absolutely, that was not the goal of this. And I'm like, when you said that, I'm like, wow, hello, right hand turn on a Friday. I'm like, this is super, super interesting. I'm going to move around a little bit. So when is your, when you have a book that's coming out about this? Yes, I do. I've been working on it for 18 months. This has nothing to do with, I mean, it has you just with your life. So you're just coming out with this story. It has nothing to do with really, I mean, maybe let your business on how it helped, you know, for you. Yes. Yeah. That's all throughout, but it's my life. So it's like split up into two parts, right? Part one is life in the cult, exactly what happened. And then part two is life after how I broke out, what I've been doing, how I've like broken through personally, barrier after barrier oh, yeah. in my personal life, which I never thought would happen. <laughs> God, that is so crazy. I mean, like, I'm, I don't even know, like I had all these fun questions, all this stuff. And now that's just like, that just like blew me away. Like, I don't even know how to, where to go from here. I'm so sorry. I feel like I distracted you. <laughs> no, 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 no. To me, I think that's awesome that you shared that with us because it's, it's a very mm. personal thing. Right. And then you're obviously writing a book yeah. about it. But to me, that's awesome that you were willing to share that. I mean, for me, that's just like, like, that's just crazy. Because as a kid, obviously, you don't, you just think that's the way that it is. Because you don't know any different. Yeah. You have nothing to compare it to. And exactly. obviously, in those situations, they don't want you to compare it to anything. Mm, right? Yeah. They want you to think this is the norm. Exactly. God, just such an intriguing. Of course, if you hadn't started all these businesses, we didn't have 10,000 other things to talk about. I would continue <laughs> on. And would be like, this was, I thought, marketing. And I would tell them, don't worry about it. Go to the next podcast. You know? <laughs> So cool. We'll jump into some other things here. So it's so funny. So the, the next question in theory was going to be, can you tell me an interesting fact about you growing up? Well, I think we've already taken care of that one. I think right. That and that was where I, I saw your question list. That's where, okay, I think I'm going to break it at that question, but I didn't. <laughs> that is too funny. And I, I literally was not trying to probe you into saying anything. I had no idea. This is like, like, like I said, out of left field, but I'll take it. Right. Sorry again. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think there's nothing to apologize. I think it's awesome you're willing to bring that up and the cool the part that you're writing a book about. It. I mean, there's something very freeing about that to be able to, yes. you know, to be able to talk about the things that happened there because I'm sure obviously it sounds like it was a very delicate situation. So the fact that you brought it up with me, it, to me, I, I think of it as an honor. Oh, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So I do know a little bit about your college experience. So why don't we talk about this a little bit? So you 
you decided to go to college. Was this at the same time that you were doing your marketing company or doing the content company? Or give me a little background there. Yeah, totally. So it was more my parents' idea than mine. I think when I was like maybe four or five years old, I told them, oh, I want to be a nurse and help people when I grow up. So, you know, nursing school, nursing, you have to be a nurse. That was in my mind all growing up. So nursing school was in my sight. I signed up to college. I think I was homeschooled. So that was one weird benefit of going through what I went through. We had no contact with the outside world except whenever I went to college. So we were homeschooled and that gave me the advantage of I was able to start college at age 16. So I was enrolled in college at that age, but I started my business when I was 19. So I was halfway through nursing school. I had gotten all my prerequisites out of the way at age 16. And then by 19, I was halfway through this RN program. And as I'm getting through it, I'm realizing this is not something I want to do the rest of my life. Like I just cannot do this. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like it would just be a train wreck if this is all I did the rest of my life. I would hate it. So like, even though I was in that environment of really being pressured to do whatever I was told to do, I was still trying to think for myself. So I knew I would hate to do that the rest of my life. So one morning I was just like, okay, what would I love doing? And I decided to like go pursue that. And I'd been using the internet like ever since I was seven. I had actually made my first online paycheck at 12. And that was one odd role in our house. Like even though so many things were banned, the internet wasn't. So I could go online at any time and do whatever I wanted. So (laughs) that was my outlet besides reading. The internet was my outlet. So I researched how to make money by 12 and 13. And I was getting paid to do these surveys. And I was making like upwards of $400 a month at one period when I was 12. So I went back to that age 19. I'm like, how can I blend the internet, which is like this amazing playground with what I love doing. And I knew what I loved doing and it was writing. I had been writing ever since I could remember short stories, you name it, poetry on and on. So I knew like in my heart, I was a writer and I had to figure out how to make a living out of that. So like that morning at 19 years old, I just started Googling and I found this entire industry of freelance copywriting. And I'm like, wow, this is a thing. Like I can actually probably make some money in this. I didn't know how much, but I thought it was worth a shot. So that morning I started my first freelance profile and that week I got my first job and then it was just like everything started taking off because I didn't stop working. I was this workaholic sitting there applying for job after job. And back then in 2012, there wasn't a ton of competition in the American space on that freelance profile. So I kind of had this edge, right? I was like one of 10 Americans, the rest were Indian writers on this freelance site. So I was able to just accrue client after client. And then it was just practice makes perfect. And through all these writing gigs, I learned how to perfect that craft of online writing. And dropping out of college was a big step to get me jump started on doing that. Yeah. It's really weird to me that of, you know, hey, we're going to cut you off from the whole world, but yet we'll give you the internet. Yeah. Which is a gift. Yes. Because you would think, maybe they didn't really understand really the magnitude of the internet or like how much how much that opens up your eyes. But I also, it sounds like the internet, not that the internet saved you, that might be a strong term, but at least it made you understand there was something bigger out there. Mm, right? Yes. And kind of kept that alive for you. So that's really interesting to me because it's, we use the internet as a younger age too. And then so did my brother. And my brother had gotten into some trouble. And I don't mean this in a bad, like, you know, crazy, like police, but I, like on chat rooms and stuff like that, there was mm. some kind of weird stuff, you know, AOL yeah. chat rooms and all that kind of fun stuff. But so the internet was definitely a um, cool, fun place, but I mean, it could get a little, 
little seedy, shady as well. I mean, it's not that it's changed much. I mean, there's plenty. You can go in a, a dark chat room and, you know, do all kinds of weird stuff and, feel, you know, whatever it is. So true. The dark side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dark web. Um, sounds so scary. But, but that's interesting. So the internet was kind of like it's, you still have the access to the internet and that kind of, you know, you go to nursing school. So my wife is a nurse. So I, I have, oh, so cool. I've been raised by nurses. Let me tell you this. So wow. my aunt is a nurse for 35 years. My mom is a nurse for 34 years. And so like I was around nurses, like nothing but nurse. So I'm like, you know, I mean, literally at, at this, you know, at this time I have like my little germ stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's a nurse. <laughs> by any means, but I, I definitely, my mom's like, do you know how dirty that is? And so I'm like, <laughs> and I probably wash my hands <laughs> 10 times a day. Like after anything, I mean, I'm eating food, doing anything. I always, so not a germaphobe, oh, but definitely on raised by nurses. And so definitely. my wife kind of late in her career said, Hey, you know, she was doing sales and said, I really think I want to be a nurse. And my wife is such a big heart and she's such a good person. Her bedside manner is like over the top. She gets awards. And oh. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying she's like, I got lucky. She's a yeah. great person and just gets wow. a big heart. And so the nursing thing, I know that's a, a giving, giving profession, but it's interesting that halfway through, you're just like, Hey, you know what? I don't know. This is the calling. This is what I wanted to do. Just because you want to do it since you were four doesn't mean that, you know, when you get to 19, it's a little different than when you were four years old, right? Yeah. And I think I was translating that wrong. You know, like at four, I was like, I want to help people. And my parents were like, oh, that's a nurse. That's the little white cap. And, you know, the Red Cross, like that's your direction. It has to be that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's all they thought. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's interesting. You so you went halfway through school and you kind of realized like, wait a second, there's only nine other US writers in this freelance world. I could be number 10 and then take over in the number one spot as we all know about. <laughs> but that's awesome. It's kind of cool. Like I so it's funny. So when I say that I'm a writer, I use that like in the loosest terms ever. Like I'm like the bottom and I mean this seriously, like on the bottom level of writers, you have people like you that like you guys like write books and stuff. Like Aww. I can write a solid one pager, like but after two pages, I get <laughs> and I look around and probably should be taking more of your courses to be honest but thank goodness I have a, a good team that that's good writers so anyway shout out to my team but for dealing with me but okay cool so the college things you, you jumped out a little early there um, when did you start Express Writer? Like, when did this happen? Was that 2012 that you were talking about? Yeah. So I think of it as 2012, but I actually formed the business in 2011. But the first year, it was really just me picking up writing gigs and writing. So it was like Express Writer. And today it's Express Writers. <laughs> you forward thinking and you added the S. That's good. Yes. You're like, you know what? I guarantee there's going to be more than just me one day. Well, it's funny because that was a five minute business idea. I was, you know, I was realizing, oh, wow, this is such an incredible way to make money. And I think that's one reason my parents allowed us full access to the internet was they saw me gravitating towards just like really quickly learning how to make money. And part of the abuse going on was financial abuse. So they would just siphon our money away, like any kind of income we made and put it towards the church and really get us to give all their money to them. So I think that's one reason <laughs> they let me have access to the internet. But yeah, so going back to starting Express Writers, that first year, it was just me writing and taking on, you know, like gig after gig. And what's crazy was I started it while I was still in nursing school. And while I was working at McDonald's to pay for my nursing school bills, because not only was our money being taken away, but we had to pay for everything ourselves, my sister and I. So I had to pay for college myself, figure that out. And so I had to work at McDonald's to make that happen. So there I was almost full time at McDonald's, I was working overnights, full time at school. And then I'm starting this business. And this business is quickly becoming full time, like I'm just picking up client after client. And part of it was, this is crazy to say, but I was meeting the basics of running a business. And that was rare. 
I think for that freelance profile, like people just completely miss their deadlines. So whenever I showed up, I wrote quality content. I was automatically better than like <laughs> a large majority <laughs> on that platform. So that was really crazy to me. So I think it was three months after just having that idea. Within three months, I was making more revenue than I'd ever made at McDonald's. Then and it was just going like crazy, just taking off. So I'm like, okay, maybe this will be a future. And little did I know, you know, eight years later, here I am with this huge business. So I had no idea it would grow that big, but I saw the seeds happening and I saw this income I was starting to make. And the first year it was like what my parents made, you know, after 15 years of marriage, that was their yearly salary. I was able to make that my first year as a writer. So Dropping out of nursing school happened three months after I started my business and I quit McDonald's then as well. I'm like, I might as well just stop working at McDonald's. I think I have a future and I'm glad I did that. <laughs> and at McDonald's, you were like, didn't you train there like a crew trainer or something like that? Yes. Or? Yeah. It's funny. You know that. My team knows, gets deep. I'll tell you, we oh, know the intel. We didn't know about the whole, the whole thing you had going on before 21, <laughs> but anything after that, we are on top of it. So just so you know, I know everything at this point. There's not a lot of index content yet till my book comes out on that I side of everything. Soon, soon. Yes. And then we'll have a second interview. I'll have all kinds of other new questions. Oh. <laughs> Tell the world. Tell the world. <laughs> so cool. So you did, you were doing the McDonald's thing and then obviously there's like, hey, I mean, something's got to give. You're like, hey, there's, I'm making more money doing the writing thing, the freelance thing. And it's so funny where, because I've obviously I've worked with thousands, not thousands, maybe thousands of writers. And I, once again, if you do good work and you're on time, you're beating out 60% of the people out yeah. there, if not 70, right? It's one right. of those crazy things. Anyways, I know, as you know, it's always hard to find good writers. And mm. then when you do, you do so everything hard. in your power to hold them, to keep them on the bus somehow, right? Keep them happy because right. good people that are passionate, that are great writers, it's just awesome. It's awesome when you have that kind of a team. So congratulations on that. So that's been, so about 2012 around is when you guys started doing that, when you brought on the express writers or writer and then writers after you, you doubled up and found a, some other people and working on some stuff there. This whole time, were you married? When did you get married? Just out of curiosity with Josh, right? Yes. Yes, Josh. So, um, oh gosh, I guess this means I tell you the other half of the story that I didn't tell you yet about how I left the cult. So <laughs> just, reeling in the, just reeling it in here, folks. <laughs> so let's go back to when I escaped the cult in September of 2012. I had a way out financially with my business, but I actually had a place to go because I met someone online and that person was Josh. So how I met him was on that freelance site. Not only was I the only one of the very few Americans at that time in that category of like SEO web content writing. But he said, <laughs> these are his words, I was also like the only pretty face. So he clicked on that Gosh, profile. Reeling her in, boy. He's like, man, we got a beauty. <laughs> got brains too. We got to reel her in. Josh, you little <laughs> sneaky little bastard. I love it. All right. Awesome. Oh, he'd be dying. He'd be like, yep. <laughs> like, you know it. And it worked. Hey, it worked. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah, so that's to quote him, that's why he clicked on my profile and hired me. And then um with our first call, like once we immediately connected, I think it was over Skype like that evening he hired me. It was this immediate connection. And it's it's funny because you know you see this in like memes, movies all the time. It's like instant true love can happen. It can. 
Like that's, that's actually a thing. So just this instant connection, I was like, oh, I really like this person. And we just connected that first call. And then two weeks into, um, I was writing his content. He had just started this little SEO business. He was in college too. And this was kind of his side hustle. So two weeks into writing for him, (laughs) I kind of like just threw my whole story on him. And he was one of the first persons I told outside of my dad's church about the reality of what was going on. And he's just like, he was one of my first voices of reason telling me, you know, that's not normal. And I did have another friend in my life who was telling me that too, that I went to nursing school with, but like that was two people. That was it. The only contact I had. (laughs) And these two people were like, that's not normal. So then it just kind of took off to where I was like, well, if I left in the middle of the night, would I have a place to stay if I came to see you? And he was like, well, sure. So we, <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> two weeks, stranger danger. It's, that's not stranger danger. After two weeks. It, it could have been. That's what's crazy. I mean, it, it could, this could have been, you could have not been on this podcast because you, I mean, who knows? I'm not saying I'm, right? everything happens for a reason. And so you guys are yes. awesome. You guys got married and everything's cool. So nothing, but I just interesting. after two weeks, you're like, listen, Josh is way better than my current situation. So Josh, you know, you're going to hire me, but I'm also going to live with you for a little bit. And then eventually we'll get married and start a family. No pressure. <laughs> That's literally how it worked. And we didn't, you know, we didn't lay the groundwork or say that or like yeah. express that yet. But we were just like, I mean, I knew I really liked him. And I told him that like, I just, I think I love you. And he's like, I think I love you too. We hadn't met in person yet. And then like a month into that conversation, right? I'm moving in with him. And then three months later, we get married. And it was just like, it was so meant to be. As I look back, like there's no way I could have ever planned that or predicted it. (laughs) It's just how it unfolded. Like there's a higher power overlooking that. That was crazy. Yeah, there really is. I mean, I'm a firm believer in that. It's like when you see those kind of things, because it's like, if you explain this story to really anybody, they would go, that's crazy. Yeah. That's just the craziest thing ever. But I also think people that truly understand that connection, and some people have it instantly, some people it takes time. But there are some people that have, you know, I know couples that have been together for 50 years, like, oh, we met, we got, you know, I went and I proposed two weeks later and we're married. (laughs) And not to say that that's crazy because it's, it worked for them, right? And it doesn't work for everybody. Right be with somebody with for five years and get married and then get divorced in two years. Like it does, you know, it, there's no right or wrong, or I guess any rhyme or reason to any of yeah. these, things, except the fact that you're like, Hey, I feel this in my heart. And he felt it in his heart. And you're like, Hey, I'm going to move in there and I'm escaping a cold. And he says, Hey, why not come into my house? And let's <laughs> like, Hey, let's rock on. That is a great, exactly. like, I, I'm not, I'm my Friday is like forever going to be like the rest of my days and be like, listen, this podcast I did today. It's right? a good thing you changed the name to Marketing Madness. I just have to That's say. why I did it. You were little, you might, without even knowing it, you were the reason I did this. Because before Content Converse was like, oh, it's content and we can talk about different stuff. And I was like, oh, it'll be fun. But this is it. Like the madness part for me was really important. Like my team was like, oh, but madness sounds crazy. And I'm like, have you listened to the podcast? <laughs> okay. Right. <And> little, sometimes <laughs> we go to the right and the left. And when I, I'm sure when I told you that earlier, you're like, Little does he know All right. <laughs> what I have planned for him. Wait till I bring up Josh and the cults. And I'm like, man, this is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of stuff that gets me up in the morning. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Okay. It can't get any better than this. And we're only half an hour into this thing. And I'm oh, like, man, man, I'm like, I feel like doing backflips <laughs> in my chair, which I'm doing podcasts. So nobody would know. And they'd probably hear like, oh, or something like that if I right. didn't. But Okay, so let's so I don't even know where to go from this. I'm we're gonna I mean at this point, I'm not saying anything else we talk about is not gonna be exciting, but I just I feel like we're like this is like 
now we're going to talk about content and other websites and that's boring be stuff. It's, yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> rah, rah, rah. tell me about the band, the cult, and Josh, and how you guys met. And I mean, it's you know, we're good. I mean, this thing's this thing's sizzling right now. All right, we are going to switch gears a little bit. If we have to bring back in the cult, we can. I have no problems with that whatsoever. So, how did you? What, what was that transition? Okay, you, you have Express Writers, right? So you're starting that up. You and Josh get together. Josh is kind of the CTO. Is that correct? Is he kind of like yes. the back end, helps with a lot of the... Yes. Uh, okay, awesome. So you're meeting the writer, obviously runs the teams and stuff, and, and he helps with building the websites and the courses and all that fun stuff. Is that kind of a, a good assessment? Yeah, he handles anything that has to do with the stuff I hate, which is not writing. And it's web development and web design. So all the front end of everything, my courses, our website, our content shop, um, the system behind the content shop. Yeah, that's all him. He's developed, led his team to develop that, which is great. Like that is another reason I've looked back and I'm just like, this story is even crazier because there's no way I could have done that on my own. So together we've made this whole, you know, empire happen. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's so funny. So it's, I mean, I have a team and we do some of that stuff. I'm not a huge fan, like putting courses together and all that. I can do it and I've done it for clients, but it's just not, I mean, but now I'm the opposite too. It's like, I'm also not like, I don't want to write all day. I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to do that either. Like I'm, for me, I'm like this kind of like, I like speaking and I like, you know, enjoy hanging out with people. And I'm mean, not just hanging out because it's not like all I'm doing is hanging out all the time. But you know, I enjoy the, like the interaction with folks and, and kind of like, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies is like my, I really, really enjoy that. I'm trying to do more of that and traveling and stuff like that, that, you know, ties back into the business and drives revenue. But it's, um, I enjoy that side of it. I'm not a huge, like the course thing and all that. Like if I had to actually go in and put that stuff together, like shout out once again to my team that once again can put those kind of things together. And I just look at it, go, okay, that sounds good. We can change some things around, but I am definitely not the like heavy, heavy technical side. Like I, even hosting with my guys, I'm like, something's going on with the hosting account. Can somebody figure it out? Like, cause I'm just not, yeah. I go and I look at, I'm trying to look at this and servers. I'm like, Oh man, I'm going to end up taking down the whole internet by clicking. <laughs> it. And like, and I, so I try to, I try to like, like I said, I'm okay. Like I'm about 10% good, but there's, I get into a realm where I'm like, ah, I just can't do that anymore. But so shout mm-hmm. out to Josh again. Josh is the man he's got at this point. Josh is like my hero. He's got like a Superman cape on. He comes and saves you. And He's a yeah. all your stuff together, makes Julia look awesome and do all of her fancy exactly. stuff. Exactly. That's so accurate. Yeah. Josh with the win. Josh with the W right now. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. Tell Josh Shane says hi. And I will. Awesome to say hi for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have to get together. We will. We definitely will. Um, so, okay. So tell me about your first book. So your first book was the, so you think you can write, right? Which I think I had yeah. a little forward in there as well. Yes. Yeah, you were one of my early beta reviewers. I didn't want to bring it up, but I, I was an early adapter, folks. I was in there in the book early, didn't know about all the details of the cult and stuff like that, which wouldn't have changed the decision or anything that I wrote in that book. I still love Julia with all my heart. So tell us about the book. Tell us what we got going on there. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, well, um, whenever I start out on this journey, it's funny how you explain your personality. And I would say I can relate, but I'm really not. I'm a people person, but like at the end of the day, I'd rather be holed up in my office writing. And that's so crazy, right? Like, I don't find a lot of people have that in common with me. They're like, wait, you can do that? <laughs> and they look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> but that's the thing. But you, that's what you enjoy, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's like, but the thing is, I can tell with your personality, but it's not like you, you're you like an introvert and can't hold the conversation. Like, that's, I could tell you have a very that's great good. personality. I'm glad. <laughs> I mean, plus you're on video and stuff. You can't be on video and be like an introvert and not be able to look at the camera. You know what I'm saying? So, you've, I don't know if you've had to break out of that. Maybe you used to be that way. I don't know. I but, did, yes. Oh, uh, really? So, you had to kind of like break that mold of like, 
2017 was actually the first year I ever even recorded a video. And I was looking at that video. It's an eight minute video. And it took me like 36 hours just to get through it and get some good content that we could cut and use. That was my first video, you know, two years, three years ago. And today I'm doing a video every other week and it takes me like 20 minutes to shoot. So that just came with time. That is it. You know, that's with anything though, like what we just, yeah, exactly. And obviously I know you speak as well when I've done that. And even now I've talked a little bit about this in the past podcasts, just about, you know, getting anxiety a little bit before you go up on stage and kind of that, yeah. that nervous energy. But I know some people like the idea of speaking, like you say, Hey, when you go speak on stage, like I would rather like fight the Taliban with a butter knife or something, right? Which is not, I've never, wouldn't try to do that. I don't think I would recommend that. But what I'm saying is, is like, you know, like it's people really, and for me, I feel like I do good on stage. I feel like I can always do better. There's always that next level. But, you know, if people knew the anxiety or what I feel before I go on stage, hmm. you wouldn't know it. And I'm once again, I'm telling everybody this, I'm almost losing my mind. I'm on the outskirts of like, hmm. but you wouldn't know it when I get on stage. I feel like I still have other than I talk fast, but I just naturally talk fast. But mm-hmm. I think it's it's one of those weird things of like right before. In fact, I had a guy I was going on um, uh, Entreport when I spoke at one of the the events, a keynote that I did over there. They actually oh. came to me when the guy in the back was like, "Hey, how you doing?" I was like, "Oh, I'm doing good," which is a total lie. I'm not, you know, <laughs> mentally I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to lose my mind. Am I going to pass out?" Right. I'm like, I'm going through thing. <laughs> all 19 different things are going in my head. And he goes, hey, how you doing? I said, oh, I'm doing good. And he goes, you know what? I have a buddy of mine that says he, he takes a shot of tequila or two before he goes on stage every time. And now he's been doing it for five years or whatever, and he's totally good. And so now I've got in my head, I'm like, should I drink some tequila? Like, should I have had a few shots before I got up on stage? Which I haven't done yet. Um, oh. And I'm, I don't know if I'm going to. I don't know if that's going to be in the mix. But it is interesting with the, the different types of fears I I have so I've, I've talked about this as well. Like I have a, some students that because I teach at UCLA, I have some students, and mm. what I'm telling you the story is talking about overcoming things. And the video thing, obviously, you, you did eight minutes, and it took you like you know 38 hours or whatever it was to be able to get enough of a good content for that. Mm. I my first blog post, I still have that on my website, and I show it to my students, and I go, "What do you think of this blog post?" And they're like, "Oh my god, that's terrible!" And this, that, and the other, and I go, "It is. It's absolutely terrible. In fact, I should probably deindex it. I should probably get rid of it." But at the end of the day, I want to show them that was the point where I started. Yeah. You don't have to be a Juliet style writer, right? To be able to like have, mm. you know, it was like just getting started. And the same thing with you with video. Like you're looking yeah. at this thing. Oh my God, this is 38 hours. And Josh is like, man, this is not going good, right? We got to figure <laughs> this out. We got 38 <laughs> hours of footage here. I got to really cut this thing down. But it, it's, you got started though. And you did that. I think overcoming mm. that is, is a lot of times for a lot of people is very difficult. But I look at it like with speaking, I look at like every time that I go on stage, I'm 1% better, right? So I've got to do it 100 times to be able to get that. And for you, video, once again, hey, the video, God, that sucks. That was 38 hours of drama, stress, whatever I had to go through. But now you're doing the video, you know, a day, right? And it's like, it takes mm-hmm. you 20 minutes and you kind of get the content together. Now you just knock it out. So I just think it's interesting of like, well, I mean, you're like the poster child of pushing through and you know, like, you know, breaking out of things and doing <laughs> things that you feel uncomfortable with, like leaving cults and stuff like that, which is <laughs> done, right? Like, like leaving cults. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's not a, I mean, we've all, it's typical Friday activity. We're like, we're going to leave the cult this weekend. And I should probably quit to bring up the cult. I'm probably going to have some people pull up in a black vehicle or something. And get me, but it's okay. If this is my last podcast, I want to thank you, Julia, for being my last guest. I do appreciate it. <laughs> 
So let's, let's jump to your second book. So you have another one called Practical Content Strategy and Marketing, right? And that was, yes. you with that, correct? In the end of 2017. So tell us a little bit about that book. What was your rationale for, I mean, other than your, looks like you're saying, hey, listen, if you want to do content marketing and you kind of probably give out a lot of the secrets and the way you were successful and stuff like that, kind of give us a little background on that book. Yeah, totally. Well, the book was actually the result of writing a course and the course, this massive project I undertook in 2017, it was over 400 pages of content that became videos, became takeaway sheets. So out of that 450 pages of content, I'm like, I have to repurpose this into something. And I'm like, why don't I just make it a book? So I just took all of the scripts and scripts and masses of content that was a curriculum and reframed it, took another, you know, whatever it was, 150 crazy hours. I am like such a workaholic with content. Like I will sit down and Shocker. forget to get up. <laughs> yeah. Shocker. This just in folks. No, seriously, sit down. If she's telling you that she's a workaholic, do you yeah. and Josh have to schedule time to see each other? Like, just tell me, like, is it like Tuesday? You're like Tuesday between eight and eight 30. We're going to have coffee together. So I try to do that to him and he hates it. And he's like, okay, let's go to lunch. And I hate that because I am not like, I can't do things randomly because I work, I'm just like scheduled in my brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. He he balances me though, because that's good for me. (laughs) You do. So does he, no, when he has to get you from the computer, have you ever scratched him or anything like that? When you're typing and then he's like, all right, honey, we need to go. Have you scratched him or anything? And I'm not saying aggressively. I'm just saying maybe like a pure reaction, like a cat is like, get off, I'm like working. More like a cross between a growl and a... Okay, I see that. I see that. I kind of like that. So it's kind of like a warning. It's like a warning shot. Like, hey, if you go and grab my keyboard or my arm like that to take me to lunch, I will... I will scratch your eyes out, Josh. Or if he like tries to shut it when I'm working on my laptop around way too late, uh, eleven thirty, and he's like trying to grab it for me, know. and I'm like, <laughs> not today, Josh. Not today, Josh. <laughs> That's interesting. So I, we do, we have some, some, so you and I are very common in, in a multiple ways. So I used to be a crazy workaholic like you. I, I don't think you're recovering by any means. I think you're still there. Mm. I used to work crazy 16, 20 hours. And I mean, it, it was another business that I had that was very, well, I say very, it's time intensive. When you own your business, it's always time intensive. So to say that I had to work 20 hours is an absolute lie because I could have worked 12 and you know, it wasn't like I was doing brain surgery where people were going to die if I didn't show up to work. But you know, the workaholic thing for me, I, I've now in recovery, um, the sense that I, I have a team and I, I've learned to delegate and do some things, I'm not saying you don't delegate, because I know you have a big team. I've learned to like, I don't know, just to try to even that out a little more, because I was really, really, really bad. I mean, I was 30 pounds overweight. I was just not eating good. I was energy drinks, a lot of stuff that was really bad. Mm. But I've just kind of like, kind of change that. And when I, and, and I'm not saying you need to change that because you enjoy writing, you're phenomenal at it and you really enjoy like going to that next level. And I do too, but it's, it's funny. It's, it's tapered off a little bit for me. You know, I mean, I still have a thousand projects. There's a lot of stuff, but for you, I would say comparing me to you to, you seem a lot more focused to me and maybe you're not, maybe it's just the way that it seems, but like, you're like, I can imagine you like when you were like, Hey, I'm going to get this project done. It's going to take three weeks. I mean, I, I could imagine that it's like, you know, even the dogs looking at you like, Hey, are we going to walk this week? Like, what's, yeah. what's you know, like, what are we like? I kind of feel like you forgot about me. If you're over there writing the keyboards <laughs> on fire, um, like, you know, what, what do we, you need a fire extinguisher or something. So, yeah, but that's awesome though. I think that's to be that a to be driven, but then also to have that kind of focus, laser focus is difficult. Well, I, for mm. me, it's difficult, right? I mean, I can focus on things, but I can't like if I had to sit down and do like, hey, this whole weekend, you're going to write 200 pages. 
no, that's not going to happen. Like I, there's not enough medication from a pharmacy that could get Shane to sit down and write 200 pages, right? But I think you, you seem like you're just hyper-focused like that. Is that kind of your personality? Yes. Yeah, it kind of is. Like if there's something that I say, okay, I really want to make this happen. And what's crazy is that even though like I'll put my sights on something and I'll say, okay, I'm going to make this thing happen, whether it's like building this online course that no one's ever built before or launching this business or launching this service that no one's thought of yet. Like that's how I try to think, right? Like how can I be at the front in the industry and do something no one has ever done? So that's part of my thought process. And then the other thought is, I have a 100% chance of failure. Like I think that every time I launch something, I actually think I'll probably just ride this out until it dies and it may not last long. That's okay. And I kind of like make my peace with that. And that was how I started Express Writers. Like I spent no more than five minutes. Now, today, you know, eight years later with this like huge business, I wish I had spent a little more time (laughs) on my brand name, but it's worked. So I can't get too mad. But I started everything, you know, with 100% chance of failure. And just kind of like through that enabled me to throw perfection to the wind. Like, I don't care about being perfect. I just care about getting this thing out. And doing it well, not to say, you know, I don't want to do a crappy job. Like I spend so many hours editing my books. I'm probably a crazy book perfectionist, but it's just like, I don't care if this thing fails or succeeds. And so that kind of mentality has strangely really worked in my favor to just help me. Okay. I have no limits. I can just sit here and create, create, create. And if it doesn't succeed, I'm not going to be upset because I already and that's not my goal. My goal is to get this out and to do a really great job doing it and kind of enjoy the process. And then I just, I'm able to get through it, meet my deadlines and get it out. And then it's off to the races. And then I'm just like trial and error, testing out all my marketing. You're like a one percenter in that. Like the hardest part, and once again, we kind of talk about UCLA and the students and stuff like that is literally just starting, right? Mm-hmm. Just doing it. And it doesn't yeah. have to be perfect. I think that's really the goal the goal really should be, if you're looking for it to be perfect, that it, you'll never launch. Mm, it just never will. So true. You'll have a picture you'll have, right? Or you, you have whatever you're producing that you're just as like, oh, and then well, I think the biggest thing is what people worry about is failure. What are people going to think? Yeah. Oh my God, what is this? And the fact that you're able to somewhat disconnect from that. I mean, there's still probably something there like, God, I really want it to succeed. But if it doesn't, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You're, you're, it's kind of funny. You're, the way you think is like when I go to a casino. Like, so, and this is kind of, and I'm trying, this is kind of funny and kind of like, but literally it is like, accurate. I'm, I'm like, listen, I've got this money. Like I've, I've got a thousand dollars and and I probably shouldn't have said the number because now my wife's like, so, and that's what you spend when no. you go to the casino. That's good to know. So I'll say, let's say it's a thousand dollars and I'll say, listen, I just know that at the end of the day that I'm donating this, I'm, I'm literally going to donate this to the casino. They're going to give me maybe two free drinks. Maybe I get to see tickets to a show. They'll probably give me free tickets to come back here another night so I can lose more money. God <laughs> bless them. So what I know is I know that I'm, I'm going there, not thinking I'm going to lose because a lot, I mean, I can win as well and I have won. But the idea of it is, is like, I go with the, a peace offering of knowing that, listen, if I win, that's awesome. If I don't, then that's what I was going to do. Like I, I had a good time that weekend. And so it's kind of, and it's a little, it's different, right? But it's kind of mm-hmm. the same of like, it changes that mindset because if I go, God, if I don't win, I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage. And that's true. Mm. <laughs> that's a problem, right? Last time I checked. So, but with changing that mindset for you, I think is interesting. And I think that's difficult for most people to do because it comes down mm-hmm. to like, I, nobody wants to fail, but the way, and I think the way you look at failure to me is, is kind of the way that I do is like, it's only failure if you didn't learn something. 
Mm. Right. Yes. So if you if you say, listen, mm. if I don't, this course doesn't make a million dollars, then I'm a failure. In your first course, you're probably going to be a failure. Like just that's yeah. just how it goes because it's the idea is just most people's first course or first business or first anything failed. Mm. That's just how it goes. And the way that you get to success, the way that I become more comfortable speaking is to speak a hundred times. I get one percent better mm. each time, which is my own numbers in my own head. The same thing mm. with businesses. I you know people ask me like, what do I need to do to to like you know to make to to succeed? I go fail as many times as you can in a row, 10 times, 10 times, 30 times. <laughs> but I think for people, they're like, oh, that's like terrible advice. Like, why would I want to fail? And it's like, yeah, but you look at it like you're going to be perfect the first time. Like anybody that you look as a yeah. role model, they failed and they either yeah. tell you about it or they're in denial that they failed because that it's BS because they have, trust me, they have. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's important where it's like, don't be afraid of failure. Like failure can, mm-hmm. it's, it's your friend. In fact, it's, it's funny. This is, I have a, 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 one of my clients, his name's Chris Rude, and he's an inspirational speaker. He was on The Rock, The Titan Games. He actually has seven yeah. fingers. He's a power lifter, crazy dude, like diabetic, yeah. good looking dude. My wife's like, Chris is super hot. I'm like, whatever, like, I'm, quit looking at my screen, you know? <laughs> um, but look him up. His name's Chris Rude. And the reason I'm telling you about Chris is that we're starting a company called Fail Forward. And the idea of Fail Forward is we have shirts we're doing is to fail forward. Like the idea is when you fail, like but you're going forward, like be okay with that, right? The word failure is very scary to people. But for me, it's like, it's okay to fail, right? As long as you learn something, if you go out of the experience and go, I didn't really learn much. I'm not really sure what happened. Then that's a problem, right? You should yeah. learn something from that. Um, now failure, you know, you don't want to fail 50 times if you're a brain surgeon in a row, because that means you're probably people are dying. So you probably want to maybe look at your profession potentially. But for me and for other stuff in life, I think everybody has that story of like how you failed and how it moves you forward to that next step. And everything's foundational. And, you know, I look at the, the path that I've taken that anybody's taken, you fail, you fall, you do this. It's, you know, you get back up, you do this, you do this, you go back. I mean, you just, you get better and better with time. Yeah. And so I think it's important mindset. And it's awesome that you have that mindset of like, you know, deep down inside, you want it to be successful, right? I mean, we all want that. Right but I'm at peace with, mm-hmm. if it's not perfect, I'm at peace with, if it doesn't make a million dollars because it's still great. And, you know, especially with like somebody like yourself that you're in the limelight in the sense of, you know, people have seen you, right. And you've been doing this for a long time and you're a thought leader. It's really interesting that at the end of the day, you're like, listen, I'm okay if this does fail. And I think people mm-hmm. have different levels of what failure is in their mind. That could be financial, that can be acceptance, that can be whatever it is. But the difference is, is anybody can talk trash about something you put out, but you're doing it right? You're putting it out yeah. there for the world to see. And I think that's really interesting. I, I love that perspective because most people don't. Most people that are talking trash online mm-hmm. about books or whatever, they don't have their own book, right? Yeah. And maybe they're a phenomenal mm-hmm. writer, but they, it's scary when you put yourself out there for judgment mm-hmm. or for people to, to read what you've put out there. Um, and it gets easier over time. And I think you're at that spot. I just, I love that, that mindset of like, I'm just going to put it out there and it doesn't have to be perfect. And that you think that way because most of the time mm. it's a perfectionist thing with people that I talk to mm. it's like you know it's just so hard because I don't want to be worried about this and worried about that and it's like man there's a saying out there I can't remember the saying it's something like the only way that you can guarantee to fail is not put it out there's something like that it's a mindset thing of like the only guarantee is that something if you don't put it out then nobody will know about it. or something about that is obviously a lot more sounds familiar a lot more articulate than what I just said. <laughs> it's, just, it's just interesting. I just, I love, like I said, I love that perspective on it. Mm, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's phenomenal. That's kind of cool. This is why I love the podcast. Cause I just, I get to know people. It's like, now we're going to be like BFFs and hang out in Austin. and have some- <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the wife out. We'll have a good time. Yeah, um, let's do it. So we will trust me. Um, so what are you passionate about? Like, what are you, I mean, obviously writing, I think that's like a given, like what else are you passionate about? Or are you like writing's number one, Shane? Like that's it. It's like writing Josh, 
and the dog might even be number two. Josh is definitely up there. I know he's in the top three for sure. Like, what are you most passionate about? Like, what is that thing other than writing? So, uh, it's very evident. Yeah. Well, I think, um, especially thinking about how my career has kind of evolved, you know, the original goal was, okay, how can I make money writing? And that was just the, like the one idea that started Express Writers. And today, after eight years of doing that, it's kind of grown into what I'm pursuing today. And this will tie into the new brand I'm launching, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, is how do we, how do I produce, or even if it's like, how can I help clients produce either for my blog or a client? How can I produce content that's going to bring in real growth? And so that is like, that lights me up. That gets me so excited. I am in like my favorite tools almost every day looking up opportunities. And if I can find this opportunity around a phrase of words that no one has cornered yet, you know, no big site has grabbed that keyword and stood on it yet with great content. I'm like, oh yes, goldmine win. And I'm like way too excited about stuff like that. So that is something I'm really passionate about these days is how do I use data and uncover these opportunities for content that's just going to like kill it, crush it in the rankings, bring in tons of readers, and really just like build a community around that piece of content because people love it so much. And that's an art and a science. That's not simple stuff. No, it's not. So you're talking about more like long tail keywords that you're like, wait a second, this is something that the big dogs haven't already taken on that you're not going to be able to push them out of the way. But you're like, listen, as a medium dog coming up to the big dogs, like this is something where I can jump in that spot. So I get it. I know that that is it is the keyword side of things. And you know, SEO and that kind of thing is definitely a science. I'm with you on when you find a key, a long tail keyword, you're like, (laughs) I search volume, not a lot of competition. (laughs) You're like, super exciting. You know, and I like go tell my wife, like, look at this. And she's like, I'm a nurse, so I'm not oh. really excited about your long tail keyword. I'm like, no, it's really exciting. She goes, I know. <laughs> I know. Good luck with oh, your long tail keyword. Hopefully the content comes out correct. <laughs> cool. So what are your, your three favorite like content marketing tools? Like, are there some tools that you're like, oh, these are tools I can't live without? Like, what are those? Three? Yes. Those three would have to be BuzzSumo would be one. So that's like data research, right? And that's, I'm yeah. always using that tool if I'm writing for a guest blog. So like I do a column at Search Engine Journal. So I'll type in their domain, hit search, and then I'll just study what's top shared and like where it's been shared at. And then I'll study like the structure, the topic of those posts, maybe what's going around on social media about those posts, the author, and then I'll just try to re-engineer, okay, how can I craft content on their site that'll get in the top? So BuzzSumo is great for that. Like there is so many opportunities with BuzzSumo. And then the other second tool I'm really loving these days, um, it's newer, I think it's only three or four years old, is a suite of tools by Mangles. And that's just Mango and then OLS. They're like a team of a grassroots, really smart people in Russia. And they just built these tools. One of them is called Keyword Finder. And they've launched a couple other ones. Site Profiler, I think is another one. And it just gives you all kinds of insights on one dashboard. That's why I really love it. Like you don't have to click around. Everything's right there. And it kind of looks like you're driving a car. Like you have your keyword score on the right and it kind of looks like a speed signal. So that tool is really amazing. Mangle's suite of tools and Keyword Finder by them is one of my favorites that they have. And then my third tool would have to be, ah, this is tough because I'm thinking of two right now. Do we want to go with paid or free? Should that, does that matter? I usually don't do this, but you can bring up four. (laughs) 
I know. I, I usually oh. like to keep really strict podcasts. Marketing man. But I'm like, you know what? Listen here. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to break the rules that I usually don't because usually we talk about just strictly marketing and content. Like I don't ever break the rules and go outside of that. Today you can do four. Let's go ahead. I want to make sure we leave relief from the stress that we're having right now. So go ahead. We got two more tools. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so number three would be SEM Rush, and that's just because like their data is so accurate. And sometimes um, Keyword Finder, while I love it, it won't give you some data on some really weird or like tiny little niche keywords. So that kind of data you can always find in SEM Rush. Like there's so much data they have uncovered. They're just amazing. And also for SEO tracking, I'm always in there looking at like how many rankings does expresswriters.com have today? Where are we at? The featured snippets, what kind of special rankings do we have? So that's a great tool for SEO position research and then really accurate keyword data. And the fourth tool is a headline optimizer. And you might know this tool. It's the Advanced Marketing Institute's Emotional Marketing Value Headline Analyzer. They really need to shorten that title. But (laughs) it tells you um, with a score from, I don't know where it starts. I know it's above zero, but it goes up to like 80%. And the score tells you how empathetic, spiritual, and intellectual your headline is. And depending on like what market you're in, you know, if you're like in health and wellness or alternative medicine, you might want to go more spiritual and appeal to that side. And for me in marketing, like I try to go for empathetic headlines. So that tool will tell you like exactly where your headline scores. And sometimes you can just like add one little word in there and you get like a 30% higher score. So playing around with that is awesome. And that's how I get most of my blog headlines. I run through that tool. And what was the name of that? So you're, you like gave me some tools I've never heard of, which I love. So what was the name of that? I'm going to look it up. Literally. Yes. Yeah. It's AMI. The easiest way to get to it, I think it's just AMI Institute. And that's just aminstitute.com forward slash headline. And that'll get you right to their really long titled tool, the Emotional Marketing Value Headline Analyzer. Awesome. Well, we'll we're going to include that obviously in the, the bottom of the podcast. We'll do a little transcription of this whole thing and get that on there. So I love the tools because there's literally two, well, two that I've never heard of. So I'm like, this is why it gets interesting. I'm like, I can't wait to to test some of the headlines. They're going to be like 7%. I'm like, no, (laughs) no, I should have changed one word. It could have been 37. Dang it. So so tell me a little bit your new project you got. What is it? Contenthacker.com? Yes. 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 Tell me because I've I've done a little research, but come tell me what you got going on there. What's your plan with that? What's the goal here? What are we doing? Yes. So that is well. Um. I love I love that we're there. So that is one of my most strategic ventures. I'd say that I've ever put together. Like I've spent just months strategizing this thing, and we're looking at a June launch date. I don't know for sure the date. Probably mid or late June. But we've put like so much together. This site is going to be so. My goal with the site is to really help growth-focused content marketers. Like that's what content hacker means. Garrett Moon of CoSchedule first defined it with, um, I think, 10x content. Um, His book there about how to produce really good content marketing. So Garrett Moon coined that term um, back in 2000... uh, I forget. I think it's like 2013 or something like that. So he first positioned it and I saw that term years ago, loved it. And I've got to meet Garrett Moon in person at Content Marketing World, love him and his team. So we kind of like think alike already in terms of content marketing. So 
I was thinking about this brand. I've had the idea for a while and it's just like a personal brand that I can create really informative guides, just sharing what I've learned through eight years of doing content in a way that now really produces revenue. Like you can tie... I can almost always tie my content to a revenue producing goal. And I see that missing so often in content marketing, like as a whole. And I can't just, I can't create the service or that knowledge area in Express Writers, I think. I mean, I could, we do on the blog, but this brand, I want something that's 100% devoted to that. So how can we help content marketers produce and focus on growth. So the first year, and I have kind of like this three-year goal mapped out for the brand, which is kind of crazy. Like I never map out this far. It's usually by the seat of my pants. So for this, I've done like this three-year projection. The first year, we're just going to like build resources and then my courses. And resources will be just really informative blogs, interviews, features, and stories in content marketing that'll inspire content marketers and help them know not only like balance in content marketing, but balance in life. And you're definitely someone I want on our early round of interviews. So you will be a part of that. Tell me me more about this guy, Shane Barker, you're going to (laughs) interview. I want to know about this guy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> talking about podcast for podcast, sweet trades. That's what I'm yes. talking about. It's the best. Yeah. But yeah, content hacker. And we were able to score that domain, which I was really surprised. I was just going to ask you that. Like, how much did you pay for that? Like, you don't have to give me a number. How did you pull that off? Because I, trust me, I know, I used to own five to 600 domains when my oh, wife was wow. like, how are you going to, how are you going to develop all those? And then finally there was one year that she was like, I'm going to not really, she didn't say she was going to leave me, but she was like, I don't understand why you're, there's only $10 a month until you have five or 600. And then it's like, where are you, where are you, where are you doing this? So I got rid of them. It's not a, it's not a habit anymore, but like, tell me about content hacker. Like, how'd you get that? Yeah. So it was for sale and it was for sale at $5,000 and we tried to put in a little bit of a lower bid, but they weren't accepting it at all. It was just an auction through GoDaddy. I don't even know who the seller was actually. I think it was anonymous auction, but we were able to buy it for $5,000. And that was a chunk of money to pay for a domain. Like I've never spent that much on a domain. My marketing costs less, but it was totally worth it because that is such a great domain. It is. It's, you know, so it's funny. I've only sold of those, all those domains. Cause I always tell my wife, Oh, I'm going to sell these domains. Oh, we're going to retire. This is going to be great. And she's like, yeah, sounds great. And I just, I sold a handful of them. The only I've sold one domain name I sold for $7,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was my, that's my wow, claim. Nice. But it literally that happened like, like six months ago. So anything before that I made, I literally was losing my pants on buying domain names. Oh. And I was going to resell them. Just one of those. And now I look at them and a lot of them were like kind of funny ones. I'd buy them and I'd laugh. Like I can't even say what they were on the <laughs> podcast. Like some of them might've been a little inappropriate, but I was like, Hey babe, I just bought this. And she goes, you have a sickness for buying domain names. I'm like, no, it's not a sickness. Great domain name. Five or 600. Right. That's pretty crazy. Now I'm at like probably 40 or 50, maybe a little less than that. But yeah, there was, I mean, anytime I thought of, I'd had idea, I would go and buy the domain names and it was just, it was a sickness. But anyways, it's between private registration and all that, I was spending way too much money on private domain names. When I was like, you're not, you can't develop 500 websites. And I'm like, oh, I, I could if I really focus like Julia. Watch me do it. Oh so, yeah, I will. I swear to God, I'll put up a site every, every four minutes. It never happened. My wife was right again. So anyways, it happens. 
All right. So we're at the end of this thing. So we've got some, these last two questions are going to be really hard questions. So I just want to make sure I would kind of prep you up for the, the big ones at the end. Ooh. What is, I know, I know, brace yourself. What is your favorite holiday destination spot? Like where is like, you're like, Josh and I want to go back to, or have never been to, where's that spot? Yes. Okay. So does it have to be either or where we want to go or where we've been? Come on, sister, hit me. Like, no, it could be, let's talk. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I saw this question come through. So I was like, okay, where I've been. So we went to, I, you know, I Google everything, right? So I'm Googling vacations, researching online, looking up the prettiest beach in America. So that's, that was my goal last summer and I found it and it's called Sanibel Island, Florida. So we went there and it's like, um, you have to take this three hour drive once you're like in Orlando to get to Sanibel. And once you're there, it's kind of like, a whole nother country. Like it's not even like you're in Florida anymore. It's pretty crazy. You go over this bridge and then you're on this Island that's still connected to Florida. And then if you keep driving on the Island, which like both sides are the ocean, right? You have ocean on one side, ocean on the other, and you're driving down there for like five miles straight. Then you hit Sanibel Island seashore. And it was just, it was incredible. It kind of looked like the middle of some gorgeous Caribbean beach. And it was right there in Florida. So Definitely have to go back there already like making plans for our next visit. And where we want to go is Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is like a huge place for expats and really good food for really cheap, really good coffee for like 50 cents a cup. So all that really excites me. You can spend not a lot of money and get great, great food. So... <laughs> I've been to Thailand. I didn't go to Chiang Mai. My brother and dad went there and so they had an awesome time. Oh. I was in Koh Samui and okay. then I was obviously in Bangkok. So I had a great, Chiang, Chiang Mai is a place that's definitely on my list. Like they, my oh, dad and brother, cool. they, so really? we were there together and then I had to go back to the U.S. and get some stuff done and they just kept going. They're like, oh, you missed out of this great spot. And I was like, whatever, screw you guys. You know, now here I am back to work and you guys are like, we're having so much fun. We get a massage every three minutes and it costs two bucks. And I'm like, oh, take me back. <laughs> So cool, so Chiang Mai, and then this is the last big question. If I was, let's say I win the lottery or something, right? And I'm like, obviously, Julia, since we've been friends for so long, I give you a card and I say, here goes a card. It's got, let's say, $50,000 on it. You can max it out. Like, I'm like, Merry Christmas, happy birthday, all that fun stuff. Where would you go? Where would you take that card and where would you go to max out that credit card? Oh, well, I'm going to go, I'd have to go to one of my favorite places on earth, and that's Barnes & Noble. I knew and you were going like, to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I guess that. My God, I, I should have put a hundred bucks in that. Right when I said that, like, she's not going to be clothing. She's not going to like, people are like, oh, I would, you know, get an experience. I'd take some random kids here. And you're like, no, Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Buy some books, folks. <laughs> Keep going. I knew like Nostradamus right now. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You knew that. Yeah, I feel like that's a boring answer, but gosh, Barnes & Noble is like, it's like my little slice of heaven on earth. I'm like, oh, books. And then I open them and I smell them. And my husband's like, what are you doing with that book on your face? <laughs> that is so funny. Barnes & Noble, $50,000 a bar. You might keep it going. You might keep Barnes & right? Noble. You spend yeah, that's true. I might keep their They'd lights on. it. Like Julia, Julia Nobles or something like that. <laughs> Julia's maxed out credit card from Shane Barker. That's it. Once again, free books for Julia <laughs> just to make her happy. <laughs> well, Julia, well, this, this was awesome. This was, I mean, this is oh. literally, this is the reason why I had the podcast. Cause I just, I love this little hour of chatting with people and you find out all kinds of interesting facts. Thank you for sharing the surprise. You're still sitting down in one. No, I'm telling you, well, you don't even know if I am sitting down. I might've felt down. 
couldn't back up. I mean, at this point, it's, I mean, who knows at this point? Um, but I thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And let me know if you need any help with any of your future stuff you got going on. I'm looking forward to content. Yes. I'm looking forward to checking that out. You will hear from me. All right. I can't wait. I'll be around. Cool. All right, Julia. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.